Okay, so he said we weren't going to do a live. We're doing a live anyway. Uh, you know, I got a plane to catch. Uh, JB, why, why do you make me do this? Why, why are you putting me through this this morning at 5.45 a.m. basically? This is my idea? This, well, yeah. actually, you know what, Frank? The reason why we're doing this is because even though the rest of the players in the nation are probably all tucked warmly in their beds, every single football coach that we know that watches this show has probably been up since about 4.30 or 5 o'clock. Even our pal, Kevin Gilmartin, who had another big win last night in Newport. His team is 2-0. and They haven't allowed a touchdown in, what, eight quarters? I bet you he's, even though he has a, he's has a victory Friday because they won last night, I bet you he's still up looking at tape for the next game. They got Rochester coming to town. No rest for the weary. So to all you coaches up there who've been grinding since 4.35 o'clock in the morning, good. We're here for you. Amen to that. We got to get this started. I got to catch a plane to San Antonio to 104 degree heat. You're watching Sounds season lovely. 16. Oh yeah, really lovely. Season 16 of In the Huddle. We're not going to fool around here. We're going to go straight to our first slide here, talk about Region 1, and then jump into some interviews uh, from last night uh, because there was a game in Region 1 played that I attended. First things first here, as you can see on the screen, uh, some uh, big games. Uh, the Framingham State Salve Regina game was the game I attended and was the only game, I think, nationally on Thursday night this week besides the NFL yep. game uh, that uh, the Lions, uh, we were just uh, talking, shocked the Chiefs. Yep. But... Uh, I mean, we, we have the same game here, uh, Ithaca versus Endicott. This is a huge game, and uh, it's actually a one versus two matchup, of course. But uh, what else are you seeing on this list that you might want to point out to folks? Well, you know, I think um, from a New England perspective, Husson and Springfield have had a pretty good rivalry over the years. Both good programs, sort of been standard bearers for the area um, for a long time. And uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how that shakes out. Um, FDU Florum against Widener in the MAC is definitely interesting, um, as well as good old Gaidet and Merchant Marine. That game may only take about an hour and 30 minutes to get done with all the you know, running plays that are going to be going on. Uh, should be fast and furious. And then, um, you know, our, our friends there at UMass Dartmouth, um, that. They've been putting up a lot of points over the last you know, season plus, and so it'll be interesting to see if uh, you know, Vila Santos is breaking some more records like he did last week. I saw Coach McCormick last night, in fact. He, uh, he popped down to Newport. Was he scouting, the, scouting some guys, or what's going on there? I'm, I'm not allowed to say. Maybe it was just a nice social visit or something like that. Uh, so we'll just keep it that way. But it was good to see him. Uh, uh, Jen, uh, his uh, lovely uh, lady uh, that uh, was joining him, I, I'm assuming uh, they are uh, happily in love and everything else. Uh, but uh, she seemed very wonderful and uh, it, uh, kind of a teen mom of sorts, uh, for sure. I'm a fan uh, of Jen's. So, you know, it's worked yeah. out pretty good for me. <laughs> Well, listen, uh, we're going to come back out here uh, before we go to the next uh, set of games because uh, I did want to talk about that uh, Salve Regina versus, uh, <laughs> yeah, having one of those mornings already, Framingham State uh, game. Uh, we have some interviews uh, with Jake Stack uh, starting off here, and you'll see the rest uh, coming up here, about eight minutes worth of interviews. Uh, in lieu of doing it on Twitter, uh, we figured we'd just put it into the live show. We'll do a crunch time highlight situation with this uh, game uh, on our Tuesday show, uh, hopefully Tuesday show, uh, coming up. So uh, stay tuned for that. But uh, nonetheless, here are the uh, interviews out there. Make sure that the sound will play on these interviews. Uh, and away we 
<laughs> you know, don't you start. <laughs> Away we go. Jake, impressive performance on both sides of the ball tonight. Let's yes, talk sir. about the offense. So, and uh, early on, you start out pretty much uh, lights out on yep. fire. Yep. Uh, defense gave you some short fields to work with. Tell me yeah. about the game flow for you, especially in that first half, and how important it was to jump out early for you guys. Oh, definitely, for sure. I mean, coming off our win last week, we knew we could put points up on the board. Like you said, we made a few mistakes, whether it was penalties or just offensive mistakes, but defense really helped our butt today, and they put us in a good position, and we got some points up on the board. Last year was an up-and-down year for you, obviously. For New sure. conference this year and everything yes, else. What did you learn from last year that's helping you right now get into a really good game flow this year? Uh, I think it's a combination of experience, whether it was through last season and in the spring ball, and also working with Coach Gill. I mean, I think every single day throughout the winter and spring, I was in his office in between class after classes, watching film, like critiquing myself. and. I'm very hard on myself, so I want to make sure I came out this year, and I knew my expectations were high on myself, and I'm hoping I can keep that going the whole year. Kevin, uh, Kevin Goldmartin, your coach, is a pretty special guy, <laughs> yes, according to the ranks of all the coaches and yeah. players that come across him. Tell me more about your relationship with him. Oh, it's awesome. It's awesome. It's good, yeah. Like I said, I, I never have to knock on the door or even ask him. He lets me walk in every single time, and we have a good relationship. So. So this year, Joey Moriello is not walking through the tunnel, yeah. as they yeah. say, but yeah. you've got some good running backs. Tell me about your trust in the run game oh, that's allowing sure. you to loosen up the pass yeah, game. Yeah, definitely. we got a young Justin Luzzi, Ryan Jans, Matt LaVoy, a few guys. we got trust in them. I mean, they work, they work their butt off in the offseason, and things have been going good during practice. So anytime we have a run play called in, I know I can trust them. Well, sir, uh, you've got some uh, big games ahead of you, but yes, uh, go enjoy this one for a couple yep. days here. Yeah. Uh, Thursday night game's an interesting situation, but yep. before you go, you get shout-outs to any family, friends, teammates, whomever you want. Jake. Oh, for sure. I mean, first off, the whole defense. I mean, they've been playing lights all year. I mean, statistically, I don't know how they're not the best defense in the nation. Was that six picks through two games, two shout-outs? and they've been playing great. And also obviously my fan, family and my, my cousin, Derek Domino, who's my quarterback trainer, who put a lot of work with me this off season. So he's done a good job, obviously. Yeah, definitely. Continue good luck, sir. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Avery, you want to talk about game changer to start a game. Your interception basically gave your team a short field to work with for a touchdown. I thought it was going to be a pick six, but you just nipped the out of bounds line still. Great job there, and how important was it for the defense to come out again and set the standard for another shutout in this game? You know, we always talk about, like, come out firing in the first quarter. You know, we want to, uh, st like, keep keeping the intensity up all four quarters, 60 minutes of football. Um, last week I did a bad job getting to the flat, so it was one of my focus points. Third play of the game, I think. Um, got my ass to the flat, threw my hand up, stuck to me. Uh, I wanted to stay in bounds. I wanted that touchdown, but uh, I'll get that one back. Next time. Next, Next time, time. For sure. Uh, you know, this defense has uh, taken some drubbing from people saying, eh, they're a little soft, they give up a lot of points sometimes and everything else. Are you guys kind of wearing that this season to say, no, no, you're misjudging us? And what, what did you take into the offseason from last year that's making you guys better right now? Definitely the senior class, man. Like, we, we want this so bad. Um, it's our last year playing football. Um, we got a really tight group. We're brothers. Um, I love each and every one of them. Uh, we wouldn't be where they are. We wouldn't be where we are today. Uh, two shutouts is awesome. I, I love the number zero. Um, I'm just I'm just so happy right now. Well, I you know between the Curry game and this game, uh, it, things are looking up here. You got this new Mac uh, schedule not too far in front of you. Obviously, uh, something before that. But I mean, give me what you guys are building up for. What did you say before this season? The out of conference schedule would be useful for for you guys. You know, every game's a league game. Every game matters. Um, we want to go out there, get a stop, no matter where they put the ball, whether the ball's on the nine yard line, whether the ball's on the one yard line. Um, we're going to get a stop. We're going to get that ball back. Um, four interceptions today is awesome. Uh, I just love this team, man. I love the seniors. I love everyone. No less than 17 points off interceptions, in fact, tonight. Uh, so a very crucial thing in a 29-0 game. Mm -hmm. Avery, I'm going to give you a chance for shout-outs to any family, friends, teammates, whoever might be watching. Go ahead. Uh, my dad who's home right now. I know you're going through a lot, man. Uh, I love you and I miss you. Um, my mom, my two brothers, they look up to me, and I'm just trying to be a great role model for them. Um, my grandma. <laughs> Uh, this team, all my coaches, uh, all the seniors, just taking me in. I just love it. Uh, you are a great role model the way you play tonight. Uh, all 60 minutes of this football game. Congratulations to you and continued good luck to you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. Um, I knew you had a good game last week. Then, in, you know, a Tom Kelly team, you blank a Tom Kelly team. How do you do that? Uh, our defense. Our defense has been playing really well. I mean, they're they're excited. They're they're flying around. I mean, like. Uh, uh, Brian Johnson punts the ball, puts it down on the, the two-yard line, and then 
they get backwards for a safety. Then uh, we turn the ball over offensively. They have the ball on the six-yard line going in. Next thing you know, it's from the it's from the 30. You know, I mean, the defense is they're flying around and they're having so much fun. Uh, I think that's the that's the best part about it is that they care for each other and because of that, they're they're loving what they're doing. Calling a timeout though. Mm -hmm. They're not the only ones having fun out there. I see you on the numbers almost every down talking to that team, getting chased back by the referees. <laughs> rightfully so, I hate to tell you. But uh, you're having fun with this team right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. Why? Absolutely. What, what makes this one different? No, I mean, like, uh, like even in, right from the offseason, how they were talking to each other and just like, hey, fellas, we're doing this for each other. You know, and so it makes you, it, you, you care about it because you, you care about these kids and when they care about each other, they're, they're willing to do it for each other. I mean, it's just so much fun. And I mean, like, you know, I don't think you... I think you might know my personality a little bit. I like to have a little fun as well, you know. But uh, <laughs> but when they're they're doing things right, I mean, like uh, like usually during camp, you get some phone calls because like, you know, the dining hall's messy or the the locker rooms are messy or something like that. I didn't get any phone calls, you know, because they're doing the right things and you hear them singing right now, you know. They're just in the locker room singing, you know. And I mean, I think that's that's a difference and that's it's it's a lot of fun when you can be able to do that, especially when you go against good teams too, like. We shut out two good teams that I think are going to be good. They won't be on America's Got Talent. I just want to burst their <laughs> bubble right <laughs> now. They're not good singers. So, sorry, guys. But uh, <laughs> Jake Stack was talking about the offseason. He was always in your office doing film study, et cetera. Mm -hmm. he, he seems to glow when he talks about you and the relationship you have with him. Elaborate on this because we've seen it with Joey Moriello. We've seen it with other players in yeah. history with you. I mean, to explain your philosophy in this respect. Like when I when I was a player, like I wanted, I wanted to love my coaches, you know, and uh, and I did, you know. I mean, I played for uh, I played for two Hall of Fame coaches, you know, and I think that it was because I cared about them, you know. And so at the same time, you know, like I think that it rings true. If you care about them, they'll care about you. And uh, I mean, you know, I, I have a daughter and I love her to death, but I have a huge South Bay football family, you know. And I think that's the best thing is that they walk in and out of my office, you know. They they pop in, they talk to me, you know. They tell me their problems, you know, and. You know, sometimes, sometimes you're just like, why, you, why you make let me deal with this? You know, but then there's other times you're like, that's so awesome. You know, that they that they care about you enough that, that they include you in that. So, and I mean, you you want to have that great happy family. What we got next here? Uh, is it uh, Rochester? We have or? Rochester yep. on Saturday, so we got about ten days to get ready. Yeah, which is an odd situation. Oh, so how, how do you play this uh, with the two-day kind of delay before yeah, Saturday? Well, I mean, like uh, we haven't had a day off. You know, like the players have had the day off during camps and everything, but us as coaches, we haven't had a day off. So. We're looking for a forward to a day off to tomorrow, you know, wow. um, as coaches. I mean, so we got we got Newport tonight, which should be nice, you know, and then, good. you know, get some air conditioning in the morning, <laughs> you know, which, which will be good as well. Um, but, yeah, so, so we're going to take a couple of days off and, you know, relax, get the bodies right. And then, you know, and then on Sunday, it's, you know, as coaches, we're getting ready for Rochester. And then Monday, the rest of the team does. Can this mm -hmm. team win the new Mac? We go one day at a time. You know, we go one day at a time. Every day we're taking a choice to try to get ourselves better. We, you know, we, I think last year we were focused too much on trying to, uh, to look too much for the future. So now that's the other part is we're just, we're just each day trying, each moment trying to get ourselves a little bit better. You know, I mean, Newmac, there's a lot of good football teams in the Newmac. I wouldn't even, you know, I haven't even watched enough of their film to be able to answer that question. It's fun, though, to see <laughs> the new faces, the new film, and oh, everything it's so else. Awesome. Right. So, so I, awesome. I can plus, see this. I can see the funness of right. this all. Plus, I know a couple of coaches already, and I like them. You know, and I yeah. care about these guys already, you know, so it'll be fun competing against them. Well, sir, uh, two and zero, and some time off, uh, or at least a day off uh, oh, it's coming a, up. It's, a, it's like it's like a vacation. It's like a vacation. <laughs> well, <laughs> keep your shirt on. Uh, it's going to be a little warm out there tomorrow, and everything else. But enjoy it, and uh, best of luck here down the line. I'm sure we'll run into each other before the season's so. over. Thank you, sir. Great to see you. You too. And uh, Ooh, what's that? A little is that gift? a poker chip? It is a poker chip. Salve football poker okay. chip. Because uh, you have to be all in to be part of uh, Salve Regina's football uh, squad. And ah. thanks to Coach Gil Martin for will, providing that to me. You know, I, I had to laugh last night when I was listening to the, well, I was watching and listening to the broadcast, obviously. And, and they were talking about, oh, man, it's so hot and humid out here. It's like 77, 80. I'm like, come on. 
It's like 95 down here, man. Like, what's 77 is hot? Come on, man. The rest of the region was uh, basically in the 90s all day. Uh, to go to Newport yeah, and get a little bit of a sea breeze that was actually a little cooler than the temperature made it really actually reasonable. But I will say players are cramping yeah. on both sidelines all night long. So yeah, but... uh, they weren't ready for those elements, and uh, it is what it is at this point. Uh, you saw the result, 29-0 win by Salve Regina over Framingham State. Thanks to everybody uh, for uh, helping me out and uh, getting those uh, interviews together and getting me on the road last night. Got here about 1 a.m., so I've got about two and a half hours of sleep under my belt right now. And uh, let's get back to Region 2 now and a preview by JB. Go for it, my friend. Yeah, I think actually this is going to be one of the more interesting um, you know, regions. I mean, Six is once again going to have some really big national marquee matchups. When it comes to quality games, it's hard to beat uh, some of these uh, line that we have on on the slide here. You know, tonight we've got uh, TCNJ, which is an up and coming prom- uh, up and coming program. Lips aren't working quite just yet. I need more coffee um, in the in the NJAC. And you know, F and M had a big win uh, last week, so that'll be, that should be interesting. This Saturday, though, we've got this you know list of bunch of these uh, Empire Eight. Um, and and some over, overlaps with the uh, with the landmark, you know, Alfred Juniata, Susquehanna, Brockport. I'm really looking forward to watching. Um, Salisbury, Muhlenberg should be a great game. Wilkes RPI, same deal. Um, that's John Drock going back up to to Troy, New York. He used to be the, the QB uh, coach for Hobart. He's been there a lot, but this is I think the first time he's coached against uh, the Engineers as a, as a head coach. Morrisville Hobart is a big revenge game for for Hobart. They lost to Morrisville last year. Morrisville could have maybe been a playoff team if not for that kind of questionable end zone call. Um, so you know, Coach uh, Arabian Company, not just the Black Turf, they've done a great job um, overall there. So that should be a fantastic defensive football game. Uh, Kane, your sinus, Montclair finally gets on the board. We get you know, we got uh, we got our. Our, our buddies here from Montclair up on the board. They they did not have a game in week one, so this is their season opener. And Christopher Newport at Hopkins, Frank, don't sleep on that game. I know Hopkins you know, just beat Ithaca, but Christopher Newport, who I think was picked second in the NJAC, and they have surprised some teams in the past. They have a very versatile offense. They could... You know, they could give um, the Blue Jays a little trouble. We'll see. And then the uh, nightcap, Alfred State versus Rochester, kind of a battle of Western New York. And I know that the Yellow Jackets are a little, uh, they're smarting a little bit after that close week one loss. They're, they're looking to pick up their first win. Yeah, I, I'm sorry to see the Christopher Newport Johns Hopkins game at 6 p.m. because I'll be basically uh, in a uh, you know kickoff of a 104 degree uh, temperature game uh, down in San Antonio so won't be able to really watch much of that I'm hoping we're not gonna have rolling blackouts uh, which is uh, some of the rumor possibly uh, down in Texas so that I can actually watch games throughout Saturday uh, without any problems but uh, we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get to it Uh, a nice slate here for region two I'm gonna just push you over to region three we'll just keep on trucking through here because we do have time constraints today let's go on region three well, obviously, like we talked about, the headline you can see in the upper right, UMHB versus Trinity on Saturday night is really the big game. And so is Birmingham Southern at Huntington. This is like a battle of Alabama. I think it's also called the Wesley Cup game, um, a very um, old school rivalry. And, and for Birmingham, this could a win here against the Huntington team that really struggled against Barry last week could be you know, a catapult into a potentially you know, big season for them. Uh, but elsewhere, I mean, Brevard versus Hampton-Sydney, that should be a great matchup, as well as Catholic Randolph-Macon, the, uh, I guess, what's that, the, the Pat um, K-Mac Bowl, and uh, Center and Maryville, kind of a battle of Tennessee, uh, Guilford Methodist. Some, some North, it's interesting, there are a bunch of games going on in um, North Carolina and elsewhere at 6 o'clock, uh, kind of across the board. Uh, Bellhaven versus Lyon, though I think they're technically in either um, Alabama or Arkansas. Uh, Lyon is new to D3, so I, I'm still trying to get up to speed on these guys. I think, they're, I think their mascot is the Scots. You'll correct me if I'm wrong, which I usually am. North uh, Carolina Wesleyan, Ferrum, um, Barry versus LaGrange. I did think for a split second, like maybe I could go to that game, but when I saw it, it's like about a seven-hour drive back and forth. I was like, eh. Maybe not this time, um, but you know, one of these days I'm going to cross the border into Georgia for one of these. And uh, nightcap will be Hendricks ETBU in Texas, so uh, you know I guess they're used to the, the heat there in Arkansas, so it shouldn't be too tricky. And then you know Cal- Texas Lutheran at Southwestern 
in the nightcap. I'm going to take Region 4 for you because there's not much to really talk sure. about there, although uh, River Falls uh, yeah. trying to not have the letdown against Ohio Wesleyan. And uh, then you look at the rest of these. Uh, I, I think that Linfield-Denison game is a very interesting game. It's going to be a test to see what Linfield's made of right now uh, in terms of Denison is a good team, even if they may have lost some uh, players to graduation. Uh, Linfield, I, they just keep retooling and retooling every year, it seems like. So I'm curious to see how that turns out ultimately for them uh, in that game. Yeah, you have a, uh, an interesting game there in uh, Rose Holman versus Trine, which is definitely one to watch uh, on Saturday. Uh, otherwise, it's it's pretty quiet across this board. Uh, Albion Bluffton could be interesting after that seven-touchdown performance by Bluffton's quarterback on Saturday. Uh, yeah, but yeah. That, that you know, it, it, it's quiet, uh, and that that kind of is what happens. It feels like in uh, the OAC land, etc., uh, on uh, week two every year uh, for whatever reason. But uh, Linfield Denison is definitely a, 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 not an anomaly, but an exception to the rule is probably the better way to say it at this point. So we'll, we'll keep our eye out for that one. Region five, uh, pretty short as well, but I'll give it to you. Well, yeah, the big the big game in, in Region 5 is going to be this Oshkosh-Wheaton game. I know the Thunderbackers are going to pack the stadium. That's a 1 p.m. Central kickoff. That is definitely a game to tune in for, um, you know, kind of strength versus strength with these powerful offenses and tough defenses that know how to stop the run and, and can you know, apply a lot of pressure to the quarterback. Um, you know, we have a good rivalry game uh, with our friend Coach Cat against the Blue Boys of Illinois College. That's always a good game every year. Um, Platteville's taking on Dubuque at 7 o'clock. But yeah, not a lot of stuff. It, it does seem in general when I was kind of filling out the scoreboard slides, I would say, I don't even know exactly, but maybe 20 to 30 teams are taking this week two off as a bye week. Mount Union's not playing, North Central's not playing. There's a lot of teams that are played week one that are off now, and then they'll, you know, run through the rest of the season other teams have buys later on in the year but it does feel like at least a, a decent chunk of the division is taking this weekend off and that's why you only see you know these i don't know uh six to ten games on each of these sort of featured um region slides here then uh region six seems to be the cream of the crop at least for the hosting uh, duties that's how we uh, base our slides yep. on who's hosting essentially and you, you take a look at this i mean let's just run down Wartburg bethel come on that's a big game st john's whitewater Ooh. that's a big game harden simmons coming from yep. region three to lacrosse that's a huge game uh, you know, the next ones maybe could be good, but you know, those aren't the highlight games. But those first three are games to absolutely watch for every reason in the book. This is where the whole four at large team situation is going to be truly affected by things. The, the uh, Trinity UMHB game, these three games, because ultimately, folks, there are there's going to be at least one eight and two team I think that is going to go to the playoffs if these teams don't win their uh, conference yep. for whatever reason, but they still have a, a dropped game in their out of conference games, but it's against these strong teams. You're going to see an eight and two team. Maybe you'll see two of them. And if that's the case, the nine and ones that'll be out there will have a little bit of a problem getting into the tournament if their resumes don't match. That's why we're putting so much yeah. emphasis on these games right now because it's going to tell a story of who at Eaton 2 could be eligible. I keep harping on this. I can't you know, overstate how important it is right now. Yeah, that's me. Hi. Uh, but nonetheless, <laughs> keep your eye on it. We'll keep walking you through it throughout the next weeks. And uh, JB, you had the opportunity to talk to uh, a key player in the St. John's Whitewater uh, matchup coming up uh, who uh, led his team from behind in the John Carroll game on Saturday. Uh, you got to talk to Alec Ogden, who uh, I really uh, learned to enjoy. I didn't know who the hell he was uh, coming into the season, much like you, and you kind of ask him to uh, right off the bat to start off and tell us who he is uh, in this one. Yeah. But... Uh, you really learn to enjoy. He's older. He, he he admits it freely coming up in this interview. But he's also very practical about where things are, where things are going right now with Whitewater football and why he's there in the first place because he didn't have to be back this year to actually do this. Here's more with you and Alec Ogden. 
So why don't you tell us all, you know, your path that you, you came to become the starting QB at Whitewater after being a coach last season. What, what's the whole story here, man? Yeah. First of all, thank you for having me on. Um, second off. Um, yeah, I played, I've been all around the country. I played one year at Bemidji state. Uh, I transferred after my freshman year, went to uh, middle Tennessee state, a uh, little D one school yeah. uh, conference USA. Sure. Um, went there for three years, graduated, um, loved it down there. Uh, still thought I had some time left to go play some football and why not come back home? I haven't been at home and that was four years. So yeah. talked with coach Rindle, got on the phone with the OC at the time, who is now the head coach at UW Oshkosh. Jennings, yeah. I commit. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. And I commit to Whitewater, and two days later, he gets a head coaching job yeah. at Oshkosh. So then I have no communication here for a long time until we until we hire Coach Peshek. Then uh, I get on board, and then I get an email sometime in May about how I got to meet this grad new grad transfer rule that Division three had. And it was – had to graduate in four – it was all non-D3, non-D3 transfer. No, so there's – okay. It was graduate in four years, never miss, ne don't have any skip or like uh, off semesters, uh, still have years of eligibility left. And the third one was have a 3.0, which my mom was not very happy about. And <laughs> I graduated with a two, two seven five, something like that. Yeah. And so I petitioned the NCAA somewhere around eight times. And so I went to camp not knowing if I was going to be a, uh, eligible at all. Yeah. And I moved in, met a bunch of people, loved the place. As soon as I got here, still didn't know if I was going to be eligible. And about second week of camp, our uh, compliance person came over and said, I'm not eligible. So me and Coach Peshek had already discussed it, that if uh, I wasn't eligible, I just I if I wanted to, I could stick around and be on staff. I mean, I've been to a lot of places. I know a lot of football. So sure. They welcomed it. I, I became a signal signal guy, I guess you'd say, like assistant quarterback coach, maybe. I didn't really have a title. I was just kind of a guy hanging out with the boys, and uh, yeah. I really enjoyed it. really enjoyed the place. And I get an email sometime in October that now I'm eligible. They changed the rule that held me out for the season. And, um, yeah, I, was, I didn't know if I was going to come back and play. Mm -hmm. Played out the season, and then um, – I love this. I love Whitewater so much that I had to stay. So I came back for my last year. Well, that's well, I'm sure everyone at Whitewater is really excited that you did because <laughs> they, they needed you to win a pretty important game in week one. I mean, you guys were down at the half to uh, John Carroll on the road, you know, it's first, first start with the team, kind of a whole new team for uh, 2023. Walk us a little bit uh, through, you know, what you guys talked about maybe at halftime and and then that that last drive where you really made that you know kind of game winning you know touchdown play was that a was that a, a call that came in from the sidelines or did you have to improvise kind of walk us through that a little bit yeah um so we struggled in the first half and I struggled in the first half I mean I haven't played a game in three four years now okay. and so I I was kind of shaky to start out maybe a little nerves maybe not maybe being a little nervous to get hit I don't know what it was but kind of settled in in the second half and I. Coach Peshek and all the other quarterbacks, because our quarterback room is phenomenal in terms of uh, brains with within football and knowing football and staying on the pass, staying on the same page. And we told Coach Peshek just keep calling the same stuff, stay true to what we what we're good at. And and then the second half of play calling didn't really change very much. We just started executing and started doing our job more. And that last drive. Um, Actually, the drive before, we had a third down that um, Nick Wynn, the guy who caught the touchdown, he stopped his route a little bit short, and we had a miscommunication on third down. I went to him on the sideline, and I said, hey, we're coming back to you. We're going to win this game. And uh, we get the call on the seven-yard line and throw that touchdown, and that's all she wrote. That's all she wrote. That's awesome. Well, yeah, it was definitely an exciting finish, one of the biggest games of, of last weekend. And because you you know you play at Whitewater next week is the another one of the biggest games of the weekend. Um, the thing that I thought was interesting is, and you know hopefully I'm I checked the right website, but I'm pretty sure that the series history between you guys is just two games. I think a lot of people would assume um, maybe that don't follow D three football that you know the the top teams 
play each other a lot or they meet each other in the playoffs a lot. But the reality is you guys have only played St. John's a couple of times. Um, you beat them at home a couple of years ago and, and lost to them last season. I mean, what were some of the the lessons from, you know, this experience from last year and kind of what are you taking into this year based on the film that you saw um, of their game against Trinity? Um, St. John's always has very good defense and, uh, uh, and a very explosive offense, which is pretty hard to go against. And, um, Last year, we struggled offensively. We didn't really execute. Their D-line was playing pretty well, or very well, very well, I should say. Mm-hmm. And um, we left a lot of points on the board. But uh, this year, they're reloaded, same, same type of deal, good defense, explosive offense. And um, I'm excited for the game. It's it's great to get against great competition. I mean, that's what, that's what you play for. You don't play for these games where you win by 50. You play for the games that are these close nail biters every single time. Yeah. And I imagine you you guys, uh, meaning the team, I'm sure the coaching staff is excited too, but I believe that this is the home opener um, at Perkins Stadium, one of the best uh, football stadiums, not only probably in D3, but at least in, you know, the Wisconsin and maybe the Midwest, if not the, the country. I know it's a, it's a very special game day, you know, kind of environment there. If, you know, for the fans who've never been, you know, what do you think that's going to be like on Saturday? Oh, it's going to be so great. I remember my first game last year being at the park and I, I just only knew of Whitewater and then we had the first home game. We played Maryland Baylor. They were number one at the time and place was rock. And I've never play, heard a place more loud in my life. And I'm sure it's going to be the same thing on, on Saturday where um, St. John's travels pretty well. So yeah. it's going to be a completely packed stadium and it's going to, fans are going to watch a really good game. Yeah. What's the capacity there now? Like 18,000 or something like that. I mean, I'm pretty sure um, an empty seat. <laughs> <laughs> last last year, I think we had a game where we were pushing nineteen thousand. Wow! So you can fit a lot of people. I've never never been in a stadium like that. Yeah. Our, our fans are so loyal. Our fans are so loyal. So it's it's really fun to have a fan base like that, and it's really fun to play for them. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned you this you know getting to Whitewater sort of a homecoming uh, on the roster it says you're from uh, from from Marshall which I guess is uh, close by tell us a little bit of, you know about your background there. Yeah, so grew up in Marshall, Wisconsin, just uh, just east of Madison, and uh, I've always known about Whitewater. I used to go to the youth camps. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, high school played out. I went to a D two, went to a D one, then then came back here. And Coach Rindle has been the been the guy that I've talked to throughout the whole process. I remember sitting down with him in high school, talking to him about how him talking about Whitewater and how much he liked it at the time. He was, I think he was just a linebackers coach. Then he became the DC. And then um, my first contact back here after I graduated was coach Rindle. And so I love this place and he's, he embodies every single part of this place. Yeah, no, he seems great. I'm looking forward to finally getting him on the show and chatting with him later this season. I'm pretty sure that we'll we'll get him on at some point. Um, but you know, going back to something you just said, which is funny because I get this question all the time because I, I live in a state where there really isn't any D3 schools, right? You know, we have the Floridas and the Florida States and the UCFs and all that. And a lot of people down here don't really know what D3 is. You played at the D1 level, the D2 level, and now D3. What would you say are, are some of the similarities, you know, between between the three? And how, is D3 really that much different, you know, other than maybe the obvious, you know, scholarship and some of the stadium size and all that mm. kind of stuff? But, like, where do you see sort of the similarities from your experience? Um, I think there's more of a team culture. At D3, I mean, at D2, there, I, I had a great team culture at uh, Bemidji yeah. State. Um, maybe not as much at at uh, Division One as you, as you would at Whitewater. So here, game speed, maybe guys being fast, that's, that's the difference between D1, D2, and D3, just speed of the game. But everybody wants to play football. Everybody loves football. And I think at D3, guys love football so much more just you're you got to be dedicated it's a sport that um you're not getting paid for and you just you got to love the guys around you and you got to love the sport yeah and so i mean obviously hopefully for whitewater the uh end of the season results in a trip to salem maybe some walnut and bronze but have you given any thought of you know what life after football is going to look like do you want to get back into coaching based on last year's experience or are you just going to kind of wait and see where the season takes you 
Yeah, I don't know. Um, I always joke with the coaches that I'm not going to come back and coach, but I, I really have no idea. But I have a degree in like, I have a degree in construction management. I'm getting my master's right now in um, business and uh, business administration with an emphasis in finance. So like, I, the door is really open for me. I actually had to turn down a job to come back here to play. Mm-hmm. I was, I had a job in How'd Madison. Your parents react to that when it was your dad? My parents were fine with it. My dad was <laughs> sort of frustrated. Yeah, but yeah, my yeah. mom knew I could stay in school. She would keep me on the path to get my master's. And There you go. But so construction, staying in football, you know, I got a lot of options. All right. Well, you can tell your, you can tell your mom that, you know, you spoke to a, 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 an old guy tonight who got his MBA and worked out pretty good. So I think you're yeah. doing the right thing. Well, yeah. I really appreciate the time, Alec. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen our program or not, but we have this tradition that we've been doing for 15 years now but we always like to let the um, student athletes do shout outs to any friends, family, coaches, whomever it might be watching. So the floor is yours, Alec Ogden. Um, oh, wow. Uh, shout out to Carrie Carello. She's the basketball coach here. She's also, um, she's uh, the compliance person we have and she worked really hard for me to get eligible. And so I owe a lot to her. Yeah. Um, shout out to my uh, quarterback coach over the summer, Garrett Bingey. A uh, longtime friend, and he's he's helped me out a lot with um, staying healthy and getting my movements on and throwing every week. Um, shout out to the parents, of course, and uh, I don't know. I think that's it. Yeah, you may you can't leave one. There's there's actually five names that maybe you might want to remember, and I think they're the they're your offensive line. And so, oh, yeah. who are those? Shout guys? out to the boys. Shout out to the boys up front. <laughs> I, I let them I, I they know I love them they yeah. know I love them it's tough love but I'm the oldest man on the team so like I really enjoy being around all these guys and I so I enjoy being around the young guys so that I just love this Whitewater's the best school I've ever been to I I really enjoy so so shout out to Whitewater Whitewater's best all right right on well good luck this Saturday against St John's I know the the rest of D3 Nation will be watching and keeping tabs on where these uh, Warhawks are headed. Looks like with you at the helm, they're in, headed in a good direction. So thanks a lot, Alec, and we'll look forward to catching up with you and the Warhawks later on in the season. Yeah. Thank you for having me on. Yeah. So I got two takeaways uh, from that. First off, uh, like I said it before, you really grow to like Alec, Alec Ogden because we knew nothing, okay? Yeah. It was just like, who is he? Story. and absolutely is and uh you know he obviously has a passion for the game to do what he's done and go through what he's gone through and everything else so uh you know i'm I, you you learn to root for these players as you get to know them better because you know you hear this story and he's sincere it comes across fully sincere uh why he's doing this what he went through in the first place and congratulations to him to you know go this route. Uh, hopefully, he has a job still waiting for him after uh, this year or <laughs> the season plays out. Uh, but uh, good for him. Number True. two, I am so freaking proud of you, sir, because that was what, what by far actually your best interview ever. Uh, I mean, we worked on uh, making sure you could fly solo yesterday, knowing what we were up against. We still wanted to get our interview with Alec Ogden in. Sorry, I couldn't join you uh, with that, uh, Alec. Uh, I would love to talk to you too, but uh, you know, circumstances were what they were. We still wanted that interview. We got that interview thanks to you and a very professional job. I mean, you look back in the last 13 years that you've been a rolling uh, co-host here with me, and. Uh, it's uh, great to see your maturation in this whole broadcast game. You're kind of a color commentator. We know that. But, uh, you know, from time to time, color commentators do do these interviews, and you did a knockout job. So congratulations to you, my friend, on uh, that. Thank you. Behind me, you can see the sun is uh, starting to rise. I can tell you in my ear, my earpiece is about to die. So we've got a bunch of uh, different issues going on right now. So knowing that... Uh, we need to roll. Uh, we both probably need to duck down a little bit because what's over our head is kind of uh, taking us uh, out of the picture a little bit. Yeah, exactly. So I'll, I'll, I'll slouch, you slouch, and we'll start some music here momentarily. In fact, I think here it is. Uh, the clock not working. We'll, we'll go on the honor system, 624 right now, a.m. Eastern Time. So we'll say we have to be done by 636 on this. And uh, we'll roll to the first game. Uh, once I find where it is on my screen, I have done so. And it is Regions 1 versus 2, uh, Ithaca at Endicott 2 versus 1. If you want to go the right order, you start this week.
Well, you know, I, I think a lot of people are going to be maybe rooting for uh, an Endicott upset of Ithaca after last week. Maybe the Bombers, you know, who, who knows? But I have a feeling that Ithaca will travel well. They'll get their act together. It's going to be a tough game for both teams, but I still think Ithaca will come away with a, let's say, 24-17 to 17 kind of win. Endicott's a tough uh, place to play at, but uh, was it RPI that had to go there uh, in uh, yep. win against them at one point in a playoff game? Uh, so Liberty mm -hmm. teams can go there and win, I, I believe is uh, the point I'm trying to get to here. And so I'm going to give Ithaca the slight nod here by the final score of 24-17. Up next, if I can get this right, is going to be Husson at Springfield. Uh, so, you know, to me... Tough game because you just don't know who Husson is year to year anymore. So I'm going to have to go on what happened last week. And we have a throwing ab ability of a quarterback right now for Springfield. Uh, not many passes, Three but passes he had that 80 plus yarder. Yards. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> classic Springfield right there. Uh, but Husson, just, it, it's going to be tough for them, I think, to contain Springfield. Could be a quick game uh, on the clock. Uh, I'm going to give Springfield the win 24 20. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the Pride will probably um, you know, keep that high-powered offense rolling. i like them to win, say, 35-14. Two toughies in Region 2 for Susquehanna at Brockport. Uh, you start. Well, you know, we thought that Susquehanna was going to beat Utica in the playoffs last year, and they didn't. Um, they looked really good in Week 1. You know, Brockport you know, one big against Buff State, but I watched a little bit of that game and they struggled here and there. Well, this is a tough one, but I, I think I'm going to go with the River Hawks. A little joke, a little inside joke there for D3 fans. Um, sure, they're not so, the Falcons? Yeah, it's going to be a... Not the Falcons, yeah. Not the... Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'll say 35 to 28. Brockport is so tough at home. I'm going to give Brockport the uh, yeah. edge here. This is, here we go. This is where you could get him back, my friend. Uh, I'm going to give Brockport the slight edge here. 28-24 uh, in favor of Brockport. Uh, next one is a tough one. Like I said, Salisbury at Muhlenberg. And I'll tell you, I'm inclined based on week one to go with Muhlenberg here. I, I, I think we, we see a quarterback that you know, can handle this game uh, for uh, Muhlenberg. And, boy, I, I'm going to – low scoring, 21-20. It's going to be close. Muhlenberg. Yeah, I think last weekend we kind of – what was a good reminder for me is how strong the Centennial has been and is. And so I think the only reason why I'd also pick Muhlenberg is because they're the home team and they're the Centennial team. And traditionally, the Centennial has just been stronger than the, well, not traditionally, at least the last couple of seasons, they have been much stronger than the NJAC. So um, I'll, I'll take the home team. I agree with you. I think it's going to be a very tight game. But uh, Coach Milne and, and the Mules, I think, will just have enough home cooking to, to eke out like a 35-31 win. Then, one of the games of the week by far, UMHB at Trinity, Texas. You start it. Well, um, neither team is going to, you know, the heat's not going to bother them in the sense that they're used to it. Um, and I think Trinity comes into this game with a chip on their shoulder because, like I said last week, they should have beaten St. John's. They had them beat. They blew it. Um, they should have never lost that game. And so I think Tucker Horn and company are going to come out and really – try to stick it to a UMHB team that's it's kind of limping along. Their third-string quarterback is now the starter. Not really sure what's going on with that, but Mary Harden Baylor did not look like the same kind of program. I'll take Trinity, Texas to actually win this one in pretty handily, um, 35 to 14, maybe 21. I'm curious. Well, I'm curious to see if Caleb Harmel got his eligibility back for the first half of the game uh, with respect to that targeting yeah, call. That well, I'll find out. I'll find out this evening. Uh, I get a chance to go to the second half of their uh, practice uh, as long as I get in safely and everything else this afternoon. So I'll find out what's going on there uh, and uh, see if I can report it uh, or whatever. But nonetheless, it's not just about Caleb Harmel, even though he is a stud. 
uh, out there. I, I, I think it's about Tucker Horn. I think it's about uh, everybody on that team, that especially the fifth-year seniors. I'm going to give that uh, advantage to Trinity as well. Uh, Trinity wins this game 31-17, which just feels strange to say about UMHB on the other side of a scoreboard like that. Now, staying in the yeah. SAA, at least, uh, with Birmingham Southern at Huntingdon, I'll tell you something. The way that McMurray game went last week, you would maybe start to shy away from Birmingham Southern. That fourth quarter was ugly for them. But then yeah. you look at how Huntington's second half went against Barry, and you're like, oh, my God. So we have a war of attrition here a little bit. At least Birmingham Southern walked away with a win. I'm going to give yeah. the slight nod here at home to Huntington, which I don't usually do. I think a lot of people think that I'm down on Huntington, but I, I think they have the ability to bounce back here. 27-20. All right, well, I guess I'll, I'll go the opposite way. We've got our you know, Go Gold for the month of September, um, you know, pediatric cancer awareness. Um, prayers up to our, our, our little angel, Mikey Weinstein. I'm going to go with BSC. Um, I think that they have a little more offensive consistency, and even though they kind of fell asleep in the fourth quarter against McMurray, I'm sure the coaches are going to be on that. It'll be another tight game, but I think they'll eke it out 27 to 24. Five minutes left. Uh, regions four, six crossover. Linfield and six. Denison and four. At Denison, go ahead. I mean, you're going to have to go with Linfield on this just in the sense that they're still a top 10 team until proven otherwise their quarterback is from last season is back they're probably going to put up you know an air raid kind of a thing although it might take them a while to get situated in a, a new environment they've i haven't been out to ohio in a while so um maybe a slow start but i like the uh the, the cats to um win it late not late but they'll pull away in the second half let's say 35 to 17. Linfield learned a lot last year against Huntingdon in that uh, trip uh, where they kind of got a little sick yeah. because of the weather and everything else. Denison, uh, the weather's going to be uh, improving, I believe, uh, so not nearly as hot as it's been last week. So I think Linfield travels better this time uh, and, and learns from their uh, mistakes from last year's uh, long travel game that they had. I'll give Linfield the edge here, 40-27. Rose Holman at Trine, the tough one here. I, I, I'm a believer that Trine pops every so often, you know, every other year at the worst. And so I think we're on a year where Trine does pop here, especially at home. I'm going to give Trine the advantage in this game by the final score of 34-31. Yeah, this is a, a Saturday night game. Uh, they smoked Anderson 61 uh, on on the road last week, I think. Um, the Thunder are going to be jacked up. Um, the Thunderstruck, the smoke, all the fireworks. That the, you know, if you watch, if you tune in for this game, their entrance is great because they, they really go all out. Um, so I'll, I'll take the Thunder um, to win this one, say 35 to 21. 5 6 crossover. A Wheaton 5 hosting Oshkosh in 6. Go ahead. Yeah, this is where I could my big mouth could get me in trouble because you know I was I've always sort of been tough on Wheaton, and you know going into the preseason we saw you know it's Giovanni Weeks and and who else? Well, we'll find out Saturday, but Kobe Burkhammer and company seven passing touchdowns that receiving core, you got to give the home team a lot of credit, but I just feel like this year's Titans team is maybe something else. So I'm gonna go with the Titans. Ooh, I might regret this. 21 to 17. I'm going to go down in flames possibly this week, or I'm going to have a huge lead coming out of this week. I'm going to Wheaton here. I think this is the team that could beat North Central, in fact, in the little brass bell game in a couple weeks. And so I'm going to give Wheaton the slight edge uh, in this game. Uh, I'm going to say 25. 21 in the uh, final score of this one. Uh, running out of time here, uh, Region 5, Lake Forest at Illinois College. I'm going to give Lake Forest the edge on the road on this one. Uh, final score, the Cat and Zeros uh, get more than zero. Uh, in fact, they'll get a 3 and a 0, 30 to 21. Yeah, I'll take, uh, I'll take the Foresters, let's say um, 42 to 14. Two huge games left. Region 6 flat out is uh, St. John's at UW-Whitewater. Go ahead. 
Well, Whitewater beat St. John's the last time they came to the Perk. It's going to be a, probably a 18,000 plus sellout crowd. Um, lower scoring game. I just don't, there won't be Johnny Magic there. Um, I don't imagine that's going to happen. I think Alec Ogden and company will win this one. 27 to, what? 28 to 24, Frank. My favorite score from last year. Yeah, I'm going Whitewater. I, I just, even though my rankings show differently here, I think the home nature of this game for Whitewater puts, flips the edge here. If it was played at St. John's, I think I said this last week in the Trinity game. That's why I gave St. John's the edge. Yeah, same thing, yep. So yep. I, why am I, if it ain't broke, don't fix it in this one. Uh, Whitewater wins 20 to 17. A close game, lower scoring. Final game, Harden-Simmons from three at UW-Lacrosse in six. Um, I've got to pick Harden-Simmons based on all of my rhetoric about lacrosse at this point. So we'll really go up in flames or down in flames uh, in some of this stuff here, uh, ultimately. I, I, I think Harden-Simmons and Galen Glenn are ready here for some challenges. Here's a big one, indeed. Uh, I give uh, Harden-Simmons the edge by a final score of 34-30. Well, yeah, I, I was starting to, to get a little nervous when I saw that score against Dakota State. So with the home team and the fact that I might need to pick up a game potentially, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a flyer. I'm going to pick the Eagles and see if they can't win one at home. Um, but it's going to be a tough one. If they, if they pull it off, it's going to be like a, a 21 to 17 type of game. Not bad. I think we uh, just missed by about a half a minute on uh, the 12 games Jeez. there. So good job. Uh, I've got to I literally uh, get in my car in the next 23 minutes. So I got to finish packing back up here and get going. So I'm going to give you uh, 60 seconds to tell folks if you had an option to watch games on Saturday. Uh, there are a couple of games on Friday you should watch. Obviously, folks, what would you do? What what are you going to lead them to in terms of how to watch Saturday action here? Well, I would probably start off with that um, noon Endicott Ithaca a game to kind of get going, and then you know kind of work my way into um, the uh, 2 p.m. Uh, WEAC and Midwest sort of uh, you know games. The, the Wheaton um, Oshkosh game is going to be a huge game, and then you know you got all the way till Saturday night to wait for some of these really big time prime you know sort of prime time. Um, double headers with Birmingham Southern taking on Huntington, and you've got the game that you'll be at, uh, UMHB Trinity. Can the Tigers finally beat the Crusaders? It hasn't happened yet. I think in three or four tries. You know, this is this is their opportunity to kind of plant the flag in the state of Texas. Is like, hey, we're the team to beat here now. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. But it's kind of a, a longer, it's a slow burn on Saturday. It's going to be a long day of games um, with some breaks in between. So, you know. Hydrate and get ready because it's going to be a, a great week two action for D3 football. Can't wait for it myself. Uh, I, I literally flying out of here. So, folks, thanks for joining us. JB, thanks for getting this all together with me. Uh, you, again, we kind of, uh, by the seat of our pants, figured out what to do with this and I think it made for a great well, show. Sure. Twitter had some issues, but I, I think it will resolve later for the recording. If not, uh, it's on Facebook. It looks good on Facebook and we'll fix uh, the other things later. So make sure you send it to your friends. We need you to help us get our uh, you know, brand out there so folks know where to go. Thanks to the third division, I think it was, that I did a nice little ad yep. about us in D3Football.com. Uh, great job there. Thank you very much for that. Folks, uh, wish me well uh, getting down to the heat. JB, we'll talk to you throughout the weekend. We'll see you all on Twitter as we post videos from the game I'm at, which is, again, UMHB at Trinity. See you this weekend. See you Tuesday for Crunch Time.